I'm Maeve Doyle and this is A Private View, a podcast series featuring interviews with key figures in the art world, the art market, artists, curators, critics, auction house experts, art dealers, gallerists, curators, and other individuals who are redefining and reshaping the world of art as we know it. Chatting with Lincoln Townley was like chatting with an old friend who knew everything about Soho. The stories he was telling about painting, about art, about the recovery from addiction, about writing his book Hunger. Have a listen to Lincoln Townley and go to his website and look at his work. Lincoln, take it away. Well, yeah, good afternoon. It's a funny time because at the moment the collection that I'm creating takes me back to yeah, livelihood of Soho days. So yeah, so it's because that revival of that sort of spirit in me is going to be uh, is going to be shown. You know, it's um, I have been sort of tapping into that history of the energy of the West End and Soho being something that you know is at the forefront for me because I lived here and worked here for so long. And I think when you combine those two, you know, those 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 two energies, which are different, you know, completely different, living and working somewhere, but when they're brought together, I think it can be quite uncontrollable or maybe even toxic so yeah it moves into that realm yeah well the one thing people may remember from last week is you presently now live in the states you live in los angeles correct I, between I'm, here I'm, and... I'm, I'm well I'm, i'll be there in uh, july and, and august yeah. more the uk um but it's um we're you know i'm i'm looking at um this time actually uh, creating a collection of works in Los Angeles, which is going to be brand new for me. Interesting. Uh, because the last time I did a Hollywood collection, um, that collection was uh, was created in Cheshire, in Manchester, a far cry from Hollywood. But um, it still had that energy, and I think that got picked up from uh, all of the A-listers that I'm associated with as well through BAFTA, and they said, yeah, we get it. There's a darkness to that uh, to that energy in Hollywood. Hollywood and Soho, to me, there there is definitely a synergy Stop right there. In case you need any uh, fast tracking here, when Lincoln says Hollywood A-listers, he's talking about Jodie Foster, Michael Caine, uh, Jim Carrey? Yeah, Jim, Jim Carrey, Carrey. Yeah. who's an artist it's, as well. Uh, yes, he, yeah. he is. Yeah. And and so the A-listers play a big part in, in, in your career because they've completely embraced you. Mm, yeah. How yeah. did this happen? The introduction to that was through Russell Brand, and that You're led funny. to uh, that led to many. Um, That's right. Uh, they would have all know, been through uh, Soho and uh, Stringfells. You know, highly spirited. You know, very talented people, and it's uh, it started then in Los Angeles with the likes of Charlie Sheen, Nick Nolte. You know, these guys they really push the envelope. You know, they they go for it, and, and they uh, really maybe, do. You know, maybe not so much now, but we're talking about we're talking about six seven years ago, um, and then this um, got picked up by BAFTA Los Angeles, and I wanted to look at giving back. So I wanted to look at, um, we, had a, we had a discussion about it, about creating a set of portraits, six a year, which would be to honour the BAFTA Britannia Awards honorees. So this, this happens in Los Angeles, it's at the Beverly Hilton, and it's uh, six famous faces that I create portraits of, and I'm in my fifth year of doing that now. Wow, who are the six this year? That I can't say okay. who Okay, who were the six last year? That's a good question. Um, yeah, well, Jim Carrey was one of them, and he Beautiful. was great. Beautiful. Um, and uh, that was uh, that was a very that was a big highlight for me because I'm a big Jim Carrey fan, and uh, his uh, political sort of um, 
uh, artworks that he, do, he does. I think they really hit the spot, actually, of what's currently, you know, the current affairs of, of Hollywood as well. So he seems to go quite deep, and that, that sort of reflects on my work as well. He's um, also a small-town Canadian boy. I mean, he oh, was, right. I know where I he mean, was born. Know, I mean, yeah. He's, yeah. he's manifested a life that wasn't given to him on a platter. No, that's right. And that, But there's so many different stars. You know, one of them was uh, Kate Blanchett from last year, you know, and... Um, She's we, we were sitting on the table and she was so sort of humble, really. It was like, you know, we were chatting about the, the portrait and she did a pretty cool photograph with the piece. But, you know, there's a, there is a, there's a mechanics behind these pieces. So when they're sold, it raises money for BAFTA Los Angeles. And I give 100% of that, which I have for the five years, up to them. I have a Lincoln Townley Scholarship, which is run from the Washington Prep School. And that's uh, sort of further than downtown, sort of Los Angeles. And it's, you know, it's grim. That's a word to use is grim, okay? And uh, the kids that um, that I help with raising that money. So I've raised record funds for BAFTA through these portraits. So it's uh, it's been a record of money that's been raised. And that goes straight to the school. And the kids use this for a creative balance. So it could be kids that want to work behind the camera or in front of the camera. They want to, you know, get into being an actor or they want to be a singer. It could be any of that. So that's what's... That's what these portraits fuel. And I think that's why the point of um, not many people know that BAFTA is a charity, number one. I didn't um, know that. No. You're talking about the BAFTA Awards, the yeah, place in Piccadilly. Yeah, I mean, the, the place in Piccadilly. In, uh, yeah. And the one I'm working with is the one uh, in Los Angeles. So, so I didn't know it was a charity. Yeah, I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think they it's do incredible. many outreach projects. This is just one of them. And so every year they hold that and I do the portraits and it raises money. So and if, it, if, you're, if you haven't seen Lincoln's work or, or up close or even on a computer screen, his work is thick and pasto painting. The energy of, of Francis Bacon is in the brush stroke and there's a visceral quality to Lincoln's work. And it is a reason to paint because what you're doing in the visual can't be put into words, which is why it's quite difficult to talk about your work. You know, I think if I were to say one thing about you, it was how would you pack all the energy and lust you have for life into one life? For yeah. me, you're the kind of person who, who probably could live five lives in one lifetime, and you probably have to a certain extent that you probably... Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, I think anyone who knows me would say that as well. You know, and and so when that that energy that cannonball of energy hits the canvas, I think it's electrifying, and that's the pleasure of looking at your work. Great, I just yeah. wonder. Mm. I'm going to pause, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about why you wrote a book called The Hunger. Yeah, and and where you were because last week we talked about what led you to become a full time painter, and you very givingly told us that it was a great career in PR and club promotions that led you to sort of um, uh, f the fragility of addiction took over and you had to make a decision to leave that life. Yeah. Or the decision was made for you. Leave that life, sit with yourself and think, who am I? What do I, what do I want to do? What actually will give meaning to my life? Because what I'm doing yeah. now is really fun. Yeah. But the meaning isn't there. Hmm. No, and that's right, and yeah. now we're meeting you as the person with the meaning in your life. Yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the book's titled The Hunger. but I think there's two ways of looking at that sort of energy. And the hunger's an energy. You either use it destructively or you use it creatively. And I use it in a destructive way for many years. And I felt that I got to a point where I was, I'd exhausted... I mean, this is a very 
raw way of putting it, but I'd, exa I'd exhausted drink and drugs. They weren't doing anything for me anymore. I had, a, don't get me wrong, I had a great time. And a lot of people would say this, that, you know. And, and No, and, I like and, that you say that. Yeah, I like I, that you say that. It's you know, just things was, come to an end. It was, yeah, that's right. And, I, and in the end, you know, um, you know, uh, what do you, what, how much more do I need to do? I was all, I felt like I, I mean, I was intelligent enough to understand I was chasing a feeling. So I got to that but point. But meeting a lot always, of people too, yeah, Lincoln. Course, I mean, how yeah, amazing. So, you know, and it's, it, I wanted to know why I behaved the way that I did. And I got in touch with a very good friend of mine who's a psychologist and uh, Dr. Peter Hughes. And we wrote The Hunger. And it was about looking at extracting the addiction and making the addiction a figure in the book called Asurio, which is Latin for hunger. And Asurio would basically follow me through this memoir and talk to me and say to me, well, you know, what do you mean you want to give up? Because this is a, it's a story about me looking at, to go down the line of sobriety. Because Francis Bacon also tempted you, didn't he? That's right, yeah. It goes into a fantasy realist sort of um, portion of the book, which looks at the, the whole idea of the, the temper and the, 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 the feelings that uh, Soho conjures up. Um, if it gets under your skin, it can be... Fantastic. Yeah, and nothing it, ever beats you know, it. Yeah. But the that problem wasn't quite is, the word I was going to people. use, but I was going to say, yeah, it can sort of, it can, it can take your life. And I, I was feeling at that point, you know, that I needed to do something to, you know, to exercise this feeling, a cathartic way of being able to, um, you know, uh, help myself. So I used, the, you know, I used the the painting. I don't, I've always painted yeah. though. You know, I know, I know, so I know. I but you weren't from so, a family right? of painters, were yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. My grandfather taught me. I mean, but but it wasn't. It wasn't the way I wanted to be taught. So I, or he taught me to the point where I needed to use my own flow. So when I started to flow in my own way, which is very abstract, you know, and I, I pull in the figures and the past and the feelings and the energy of people that I know, people that I'm excited by, people that push boundaries. I'm interested in those people. I'm very much one of these people who really is interested in, in stories, and usually it, success, it, usually manic you know that sort of thing well this is the thing when you have an appetite like yours it's an appetite for life five lifetimes in one and when you and the thing about the drug-fueled alcohol fuel, fuel days in soho is they satisfy they tick a lot of boxes yeah in terms of adrenaline mm. and excitement and yeah. heightened realities when you try to construct a life after those heightened days it kind of sometimes can fall a bit short of what you're used to in terms of energy levels, unless you find a creative outlet that can also blow things up to be as exciting. Oh, yeah, without a and doubt. That's, and that's yeah. the link that I'm trying to make between yeah. one and the other. You seem to have hit, hit the art world with the same adrenaline rush that you probably ran through Soho with. Yes, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, and that's right. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It, it's the stabilizer of, of me not going back into that world. Because I see a change of styles. I see a change of countries. I see maybe a polymath. You can do more than one thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 the, the portraits are called the icons because they're iconic people. The idea is similar with the energy because I feel I've gone through a lot to become. It's, it's one thing to become famous. But to sustain fame in somewhere like Hollywood is extraordinarily different uh, than than just you know once you you know get on that red carpet you've got to sustain that it's very very hard, and that's why I think that they've embraced that um, I say they but the uh, the faces as I say the uh, the icons have embraced that because I I I've, I've sort of been for it myself 
and I sort of see that you've just got to keep going. That's the one thing. Is the one thing I get a lot of young artists who contact me, and and I always say that first of all, you've just got to keep going. It's 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 easy to give up. It's easy to go and get another job, a secondary job. It's easy. It's harder to get out there and push for what you want. You know, and get people to listen to you. Um, you know, it's you don't mind a no, and I don't mind a no. I love a no because it gets me closer to a yes. It's your and background it's, it's, in it says, sales. Uh, that's, it says that in my studio. You know, don't worry about no's because you're closer to a yes. Sometimes we need reminding. You know, everyone has their highs and lows, but you know, to have a constant in anything you do is virtually impossible. You've been listening to A Private View with me, Maeve Doyle. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out the Maddox Gallery website for easy updates. Follow me on Instagram at mavedoyle.art. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye for now.